You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, welcome to another edition of the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly dose of procurement technology goodness. And on this week's show, we're going to be digging into a topic that can often feel a little bit confusing for people that are not experts in this field, but it's an area that is growing immensely quickly uh, in terms of its use cases and uh, and what it can do for the procurement uh for the procurement field at large. So we're going to be having a conversation today about AI, both defining what it is and what the different uses can be in the procurement space. And then we're going to be deep diving into what my guest on today's show actually does with his company, which is using AI to cleanse and to structure complex data for big organizations. So I would like to introduce today's guest on the podcast, who is Adriano Garibotto, uh, CEO of Creactives. Uh, Adriano, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me uh, and thank you for the opportunity. No, it's great to have you. I've been watching what you've been doing for a while in, the, in this space. And um, something that was really interesting when I was looking, looking at, learning a bit more about Creactives history on your website is that you were actually you started off as an as a cost reduction consultancy and it'd be really interesting to hear how you evolved i guess from being an expense reduction consultancy through to what you're doing now in the in the ai space with master data uh it's a long story because it starts uh, 20 years ago but uh, to make it shortly the the consultancy activity we made at that time were very focused on indirect procurement and we very shortly realized that the indirect procurement is a quite complicated area in terms of uh, uh, variation and quantity of data that you need to process if you really want to uh, get uh, details uh, about the spending and make possible real analytics on that spending and so we realized that the complexity of uh, the domain uh, because indirect procurement in the industrial space uh, covers uh, quite different technologies and uh, incredible amount of uh, uh, variations of goods and, and services. And so doing that activity as consultants uh, and try to, uh, trying to support our clients and how to reduce uh, the cost of MRO, we, we, we very quickly realized that uh, a support, a software support that not to, has to be Excel files and 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 sorting manual sorting of data, etc., was not the solution. Was not possible the solution, and and we needed to introduce something something more powerful. And and so we change uh, our approach, uh, trying to uh, to introduce. Uh, at that time, very, very early stage uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, before, I mean, uh, natural language uh, processing and uh, uh, and uh, big data uh, 
approaches that were at that moment uh, in a very early stage. I'm speaking about uh, 2005, 2006. Oh, wow. And so that's, yeah, it's a long time ago when you started. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and then we, we, we bought uh, a spin-off uh, of uh, the University of Verona, uh, where there was uh, a bunch of very smart guys working on, on that space. And then we started developing of our own tools. And after five years, more or less, uh, around the 2010, uh, we decided as a company that uh, could be useful to be concentrated on developing on the tools and try to sell them instead to continue to provide consulting services. And this was the final transformation in terms of, of company, because at, at the beginning, our name was Creative Consulting, and we delayed the consulting <laughs> and uh, and we transform our company in a software company so this is more or less the the, the story in brief a, a very smart move i think given what the market's doing right now um so i mean most of us are not computer scientists obviously who are who are going to be listening to this and AI often to a to a non-technical person often makes makes them scratch their head and think, well, what is it? But instead of me asking you what is AI, and I was tempted to do that, instead I'm gonna put a different slant on it and say, can you give me a few examples of what AI can do for us in the procurement space? It's a good question because I mean um, there is a lot of expectation around AI, you know, because it's a buzzword. So people tend to think that AI can be magic and can do everything. But what really is that AI must be uh, applied to specific fields uh, to provide some solutions. And if you speak about the fields of procurement, uh, the field of procurement is all about uh, uh, answering uh, the four main questions uh, about procurement. So what I buy, from whom I buy, at what price I buy, and who is buying. In a big organization, if you are able to answer quickly in every part of your uh, spending uh, up to these four questions, uh, you can say that you are uh, covering and you are really manage, managing the, the, uh, your processes. But when you think about uh, complex uh, uh, companies, multinational companies, uh, with many ERP system, transactional system, uh, languages, different languages used, et cetera, et cetera, answer those questions is not that easy. Because the data are not complete, the data are complex, they are in multi-language uh, situations. So, and coming from different uh, backend system. So to make possible answering that questions, uh, you need to have a clear understanding uh, of the data. So what that means, uh, harmonization of the data and making possible to make analysis. And this is exactly the space where artificial intelligence can play a strategic role. So uh, making possible the harmonization of the data and make a, a unique visibility uh, possible for for from the cor corporate perspective of the of the procurement management, and this is a starting point. There are other things, but this is the enabler factor. Let me say that the AI can bring to the procurement space. 
Yeah, certainly AI is being used a lot more as well in in sourcing as well. There's a lot that not a lot, but there are a few sourcing tools out there now that are that are leveraging AI as well. I mean, from from a human perspective, if we look at procurement professionals, especially maybe those that are involved in more operational or, or transactional jobs in their nature they're often maybe resistant or skeptical of ai because potentially because of fear i guess in terms of being having their jobs rendered obsolete so is there anything that we can do to turn these concerns into something positive or or you know how can this revolution that we're seeing in terms of how procurement can get quickly access to good data which previously was virtually impossible how can we turn this into collaboration with maybe skeptical stakeholders rather than resistance it's a change management issue and obviously uh, the c-levels has to embrace uh, this problem and uh, and they need to configure uh, their organization in a new way so uh, today, uh, for example, if uh, we think about uh, data preparation to create an RFX process uh, or, or to buy something, data preparation required a lot of efforts from the procurement people. And this is exactly the space uh, uh, where artificial intelligence can bring more efficiency. So uh, um, but the data preparation could take 80% of the time, and then you have today the dedication of the 20% of the time on the final uh, things and the select the suppliers and make the negotiation, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the, 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 the approach could be completely reversed. So data preparation will be automatically uh, provided by some artificial intelligence tool, and then you have a lot of time to provide a real value for the company because the data itself is not a value, is an enabler factor that you can automatize. From the human perspective, the, uh, the, the, the value added and from, and this is exactly the point of the change management, you need to convince the people that they need to transform themselves in the day-by-day activity, not be focused on uh, try to understand and, uh, and harmonize data, making uh, phone calls uh, because you don't understand something coming from that specific plant, et cetera, et cetera. And then instead create a real competitive environment uh, and safe from the risk perspective, et cetera, et cetera, to, to, to um, uh, support the supply chain in the best way. So this is a, a, a very change management issue. Uh, in the in the future, uh, the procurement organization uh, organized by category is not anymore something that would be the work. Uh, but the, the category management architecture that is the most common one today in the procurement area will be will be uh, transformed in the near future because of artificial intelligence. But this does not means that the humans uh, uh, have no role. Simply, the humans has to be. Uh, reinvented uh, or re, uh, uh, there is a, a lack of skills obviously uh, and yeah. this is again a change management uh, issue where you need to to, 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 to start thinking how to uh, how to convert uh, your 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 team uh, to this new approach 
maybe with uh, with obviously some learning, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, I mean, it is an evolution. And as long as the employee, as the individual is, is open-minded to change, there will always be a space for them in the organization, I guess is your message. It's just the ones that are maybe maybe too old or too stubborn to learn new skills and that maybe that that's perhaps the danger but certainly for younger people coming into the procurement space whereas you know five ten years ago the path would have been going into a more tactical or operational procurement role and then slowly working their way up to category manager what you're saying is that model will probably become obsolete i think i i would certainly agree with you as well uh, yeah and and i can I, I'm old enough to remember that uh, 20 years or even a little bit more, uh, procurement was a space in the organization where you send people that are not really. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so it was a sort yeah. of, yeah, nah. so it's condemnation. So when something was uh, assigned to procurement, it was uh, like to say, okay, you are not anymore important for the company. We cannot fire you, so you go to procurement, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, no. We we joke about it, but especially in in European companies, you know, in places like Italy or France or Germany, where it, where it is difficult to fire underperforming employees, then then yeah, it's it's a real problem of what do you do with them? And you know, you go back to MRO. You know, you're, uh, I've got a bit of a history in MRO as well, and it was the same thing there. That often, if someone was not capable of working in production because of an injury, they would make them the stores manager. And uh, and the problem was they didn't really know anything about inventory management or, or purchasing, but they were in that position and they were the custodian of a, a lot of inventory. So yeah, I, I get that. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's all great, but to what extent can AI do all of this data classification and do a lot of the background work to enable, you know, like you said, the optimal scenario where, you know, procurement is spending 80% of the time on the actual work they should be doing rather than the data preparation. Because I think I've interviewed a couple of data people uh, on, on the previous series of the podcast, and they all pretty much said the same thing that, you know, AI will get you part of the way there or even most of the way there for some of the more optimistic ones that I interviewed, but all of them agreed that you're not going to get, you know, 90, 95% accuracy through AI right now. So both with what you're doing at Creatives and looking into the future, how long do you think it will take for us to get there? Or, or will we never get there just because that final 20, 30, 40% will always need a knowledge worker to interpret what the AI is telling them? It's a, it's a real critical question because when when you say AI, okay, AI could be a lot of things also in procurement. So it's not a single space in procurement where AI can be applied. So for example, we know companies that make magic things regarding creation of digital twins of the organization. So when you move something in procurement, you immediately say can see what happened in the last uh, warehouse uh, place and I don't know where uh, and we with all the, the the possible consequences in all the organization magic things with a lot of powerful connections etc cetera, etc cetera. but or, or more simply things like a, a source to pay platform that automatizes all the process etc cetera, etc cetera. so 
uh, artificial intelligence can bring a lot of things, but but the problem is is like any complex engine. Uh, what is relevant is the fluid that goes in, and uh, and uh, more complicated and more sophisticated is the engine. More uh, the more uh, sophisticated and complete should be the fluid that goes in, and which is the fluid? The fluid is data. So if you if we make a comparison uh, on the combustion engine, at the beginning the combustion engine uh, would use a very simple petrol, uh, whatever they can run with uh, with this kind of uh, of uh, very uh, primitive uh, fuels. Uh, right now, there is no engine that is able to run with those uh, with those uh, uh, kind of fuels. They require specific fuels, very well uh, prepared fuels that we can find everywhere. But uh, was a long run. The the power of uh, of those motors uh, were weak compared with the ones we can have today, and uh, and this is more. Uh, uh, really uh, related with the kind of fuel you use, and I use this uh, uh, this comparison to say that uh, what fluid, what, what is the fluid inside of the procurement data? So you you need good data from the very beginning because yeah. you cannot expect you cannot expect a good result, a good result if you if the fluid that start the process is not good enough. Yeah, just like yeah, you can't build a city on a swamp, uh, or, or or on a, or or, uh, or yeah, or, or on unstable ground. It's uh, yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? You have to have a strong foundation to be able to to be able to build that up. So so I mean, we've spoken a little bit about data. We've spoken a, li- a little bit about about P two P and about sourcing platforms. What are your thoughts on using AI for for tail spend? You know, particularly with things like like guided buying, which has become more common now as more as more companies adopt uh, adopt platforms like SAP S four Hana as a as an ERP system. Um, to what extent can AI be used to do that, and what are some of the pitfalls and some of the benefits there? There was a, a sort of uh, uh, trade off in the past uh, regarding that, so. Uh, one of the approaches was, okay, who cares? Is the 5% of my turnover, even if I make uh, big mistakes there, um, big mistakes even of uh, 20% in some specific uh, area, uh, it will remain uh, a little part of, uh, of, of my business. So I, don't, I really don't take care. Uh, and uh, possibly all the people can do what they want and control only the mega aggregation of the, of the cost. I control only that. So if in my budget uh, the tail the spend should be 3% of my turnover, I control that remain the 3%. What happened in there? No, no way. But uh, when you realize that most of the transactions, for example, for accounting are coming from that 3%, you really realize that probably you are spending more money uh, from the management perspective of that spend uh, instead of uh, the real goods and services you buy in that space. So exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a huge. It might not drive savings, but the amount of uh, the the amount of resource it takes up with with things like accounts queries and delivery problems and quality issues. Each each additional vendor that you have is 
is one additional supplier that's waiting to go bankrupt or put you on stop for not paying invoices or delivering late or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so uh, the, the new approach is okay. Uh, we, we, we need to take care about the process. So process should be automatization. <clears throat> and then uh, with the, the, the big advancement of, uh, of the retailer, uh, the, the idea should be we can apply uh, the same logic of the B2C to the B2B. So now there are in this space uh, people like uh, Amazon Business, for example, that are pushing, uh, but also traditional players uh, try to transform themselves as a marketplace too. So Sapariba has some, some buy, etc. Et so um, that, there, there is a, a a movement towards this area where uh, uh, the B2C approach could be applicable. But we are not really, we are not really uh, in the same uh, situation because when you speak uh, of this kind of things, uh, uh, there is a fear. There is a fear uh, connected with something that we have already discussed because it was a time consuming activity before and then automatizing them, uh, the people tends to say in the procurement area tends to say, okay, um, I have no, no role right now. What, what I have to do? If everybody can go to Amazon uh, business and buy whatever they want, uh, <laughs> what I have to do. But it's not really like that because uh, 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 the optimization space in terms of prices, uh, in terms of uh, uh, SLA in terms of impacts in, in your supply chain in, in case of disruption, etc., are already there because you are a business. Uh, uh, you are in the business. You are in the production of goods, etc., etc. And, and even a stupid O-ring can 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 stop a big turbine. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there is already a big space, but this space requires data. So you cannot understand what would be any impact uh, in, in that phase if you now don't have clear data. So automatization is good, obviously nothing to do with uh, nothing to say with that. But at the end of the day, to really have uh, this area of the spending under management, again, data is crucial, and yeah. uh, and, and this is quite complicated data because. Uh, if you speak about uh, uh, SKUs components or MRO components, uh, um, probably you can have a very good understanding uh, because there are also repetition of the procurement, et cetera. But when you speak about tail, uh, are spot buying. And, and spot buying, uh, they don't have clear patterns by definition. Yeah. So analyze this kind of data is not such easy using traditional approach like uh, Excel spreadsheet or uh, making analysis how much I spend by supplier or things like that. You really exactly. Yeah. I mean, when 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 40, 50 percent of a company's spend is on non inventoried items on free text PO and a lot of it's not repeatable spend, it's yeah, yeah. No, I've 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 been in that situation, and and trying to make sense of the data is is I won't say impossible, but extremely difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how do you convince? I mean, like this is the million dollar question. How do you convince a CFO or a CEO of an enterprise level organization to to invest in in data quality? Because the 
especially if we look at non-repeatable or tail spend or, or, or MRO or, you know, anything that's not, you know, raw materials or, or, or expensive prof- professional services, it's, it's difficult to, to promise them an immediate or guaranteed return on investment. So what, what typically is your sort of persuasion criteria when you're, when you're trying to sell what you do? I need to have uh, here uh, a different approach in my answer because it's a it's a double it's a double approach. So uh, first of all, about the uh, uh, quality of the data, uh, there is a, a progressive maturity maturity in the market. So um, five years ago, I speak about. Uh, uh, quality data quality was all about uh, ETL processes so extract transform and load processes to make migrations and things like that so uh, people are we are not really aware about the impacts and it was quite difficult to sell something in, in that space uh, and so we decided that uh, uh, you have to have not only the possibility to cleanse and normalize data but also specific verticals uh, uh, solutions for specific problem and made possible to make right calculations of ROI. So specifically, we in Creatives, uh, we have defined that the most important part of the story is related with uh, uh, material ma- material and services master data. Uh, material and services master data for individual procurement specifically is a vast area. And we have developed their vertical solution to manage uh, manage this kind of information that is called a TAM, Technical Attribute Management, that make possible to uh, really uh, manage all the master data coming from any material and service master data coming from many different ERPs, many languages, et cetera, and have a harmonized point of view and make possible the duplications uh, and make possible the safe creation of new items in the future with avoiding the creation of duplicates, et cetera, et cetera. In that space, uh, in that space uh, create an ROI, uh, uh, it's, it's possible. In fact, we did, uh, for example, with Forrester, uh, so an independent, we, we take a, 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 a case of a, a client, big client of us, uh, uh, in the in the power production, one of the biggest players in the world, and uh, and uh, we made a calc- they made uh, Forrest made an exact calculation of the ROI in that specific uh, um, in that specific opportunity. But on top of that, they made also a model on how to calculate t- taking uh, rough data the possible ROI of uh, of uh, a of a project like this in, a, in another company. Uh, and this is a more and more, let me say, a, a basic requirement uh, to make investments today. So everybody is concerned about ROI. Is the first question that the C-level people are asking to the people that are involved in operations. So how much money I get back from that investment? And, uh, and if you apply the AI in, uh, let me say, uh, to generic uh, uh, space, uh, obviously, uh, ROI calculation is quite hard to do. But uh, when you apply to a specific solution like TAM, uh, yeah, you can make calculations. So because you, you can make a calculation of expected calculation, for example, of the reduction of the inventories. And this is money compared with other money that you will spend for that. 
and the returns are um, amazing. There is no case uh, that is below 500% of, uh, uh, of, uh, of ROI. Wow, so that's a, that's a great insight. So to be able to get that ROI, you really need to focus on a, on a specific usage case or a specific application, and, and then it's much easier to, to, to convince. It's a shame, actually, if uh, I guess that Forrester report is, is behind a paywall, but it would, be, it would be really interesting to see it, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. So final question, Adriano, and this one's really easy. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about what you do? You've also got a, a, a new ebook on this topic as well. So I can link to that in the show notes too. Thank you. Thank you. Because this ebook is, uh, let me say, uh, the result of uh, a lot of thinking about the same thing you have discussed this morning, obviously, uh, uh, more, more, uh, let me say, uh, less disordered than my explanation, verbal explanation today. So I really appreciate that you can uh, link uh, uh, the, the, the ebook. Um, and uh, well, we have uh, our website, creactives.com, uh, and uh, you can write directly info uh, at creactives.com, and we will keep in touch immediately with, uh, with the people that could be interested in our solutions. And we will link to the website and the email address in the show notes too. Adriano, thank you very much for coming on. I've certainly learned a lot from today's discussion and I hope you listening at home uh, have done too. Uh, keep in touch, all the best for the future and good luck with your, uh, with your new plans. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and good luck all uh, over you and stay safe. Wow, so some great insights there from Adriano around how AI can help you in different areas of procurement, but especially around data, categorization, harmonization, and cleansing, which ultimately is the foundation for every good digitization strategy and efficiency and productivity gains. So thank you very much for listening to the ProcureTech podcast. If you like what we do, then don't forget to subscribe where you listen to your podcasts or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so as we can float to the top of the procurement podcast rankings and reach more people. That's it for today. I will see you again next week or listen to you again or hear you again next week. What am I talking about? Uh, until then, stay safe, look after yourselves wherever you are and bye for now. Bye.